Hello and welcome. This is Corinne Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing fantastic. I just returned from my 25th anniversary slash honeymoon. And you say honeymoon? So uh, years ago, when my husband and I got married, the next day, he left to go to nationals for swimming championships, and I stayed home. (laughs) And that's how we did it back then. And also, we didn't really have the, well, we didn't have the funds to do the trip we just did. So one of the things that I'm so grateful for is waiting and going. And of course, we did some travels here and there, and we'd go away for weekends and that sort of thing. But really to have this celebration of our marriage, of our union happened this week in 2018. So I have been just sitting here in amazement of my life of here I am 25 years later and the transitions and the small steps and the lots of falling down moments and the mess. And I really spent a lot of time over the last couple of weeks reflecting as we hit our anniversary. And then we went into this amazing trip where the two of us got to be together and spend time together. And here's a little funny thing that my husband gets husband points on. When I was booking this trip, originally this was his idea last spring to go and take this trip and go to Mexico. And and I thought, really? But why? You know, I, I understand it's 25 years, but really do we need to do it? We're really busy. And it's one of those things I can downplay and not really receive. But he planted that little bug. And so when we were booking the trip and we'd gone back and forth a bit this summer about the details, I had this guilt some of you moms may be able to recognize this, but I had this guilt and I thought, oh, I should be bringing my girls. They should go with us to this beautiful space that we're going to go. They should have this experience. And so I emailed him and I said, hey, Pete, we should bring the girls, don't you think? And huge husband points here because he emailed me back because that's how we communicate during the day. He emailed me back and said, no, this is your honeymoon. This is about us celebrating our marriage. We're not taking the girls. And I'm so grateful for that, for him to have my back and put up that boundary. And I wound up telling him we were going someplace one day. And I said, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having that boundary and really supporting me in that moment of, I had this guilt thinking my kids need to go have this experience. And as he reminded me, there wasn't this cultural significance. And for us, it really turned out to be a week of, rest and relaxation and connecting and hanging out. And it was so nice to just be and not have to be looking at the clock or taking care of this next thing and just really be. So it was a great celebration. And one of the things that I thought a lot about is, you know, my younger self who was so afraid to love, who didn't believe that this would be my life because how can a girl who believed she was a loser, I didn't even understand that was my story back then, but who really believed she was a loser and wasn't worthy of love and belonging, how did I go about creating this life for myself? And one of the things that I talk often about in the show are the small hinges can move big doors. And really, that's what happened because it wasn't magic. There wasn't this overnight transformation. There wasn't a fairy godmother waving her magical wand and bippity boppity boop. And here I was living this amazing life. There was 
25 years in the making and also realizing that I can make things really difficult. I can make them so much harder because I can really good at sabotaging myself, getting in my own way, story fondling my sufferings. I was really, really good at that. And I had, there were things that I had to overcome and the ideas of what my marriage is supposed to look like or comparing my life to the television show, The Brady Bunch and having all these falling down moments and getting back up. And, and I, that was our marriage for 25 years. So not only do I have this relationship with the man who's the love of my life and it's been real and messy and there've been times when there's nobody that I've hated more in my life than him, but I've created this life that I really love and I'm so grateful for. And throughout the week, I kept saying to him, I go, gosh, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky you love me. I'm so lucky to have this life. I'm so lucky that we have this experience this week. And I just kept saying like, lucky, like it was something out there that did this, something out there that made this, we had this magical wand. And he interjected and he said, hey, it wasn't luck. It was something that I worked hard at creating. It was something that we worked hard at creating. It was something that we were committed to despite all the falling down moments. And there were plenty despite the years of, I didn't know if that I could ever have this marriage be the marriage that I wanted. All the issues that we had of having a blended family, despite all of that, we created this. And I, and I give you that, that, you know, I sit here at the end of this week and, you know, the middle of the month and really owning the fact of this is the journey that I've been a part of. And I've been a deliberate creator of and I'm really blown away of what can, what is possible, right? We can never give up hope on ourselves and hope in our lives because we can create it. You know, if a girl like me who believed she was from Loser Street and I didn't even consciously believe that, I didn't even know that was my story, but I just didn't think it was possible for me. If she can, if that girl can go on and have this life that I have today, you know, which is grounded and real and authentic and courageous in their days that I just wish it wasn't any more courageous, but where I have a place to belong, where I have an incredible person who loves me, where I built this family, where I have this life and, and I've been able to create opportunities for myself. That my friend is a window of possibility for all of us. And you may ask like, how do we get there? And it goes back to what is it that we believe? What do we believe about ourselves? So it wasn't that, you know, my 20 year old self said, oh, this is where I'm going to be, you know, in 26 years, because I didn't think that this was possible. I didn't even realize that this kind of a life was possible to have. I just figured I'm going to go it alone because then I'll be protected and I'll be safe and nobody can hurt me and it'll be so much better that way. And that was my belief at 20 but there were small steps along the way. There were small things. There were just these, wow, this person's pretty amazing. Maybe we can hang out. You know, that um, I date him for a few weeks to this is great for right now. And it was small steps along the way. And those small hinges can move big doors. And over time, I was able to figure out what it was that I believed. I was able to, you know, look and see what are my stories and what is this self-deprecation or this lack of confidence that I had, and then really practice being committed to the best case scenario. And that took a long time for me to figure that out and really being committed 
to that and keep practicing and growing and being deliberate. One of the things is that not a relationship coach per se, but I do a lot of coaching on relationship with my clients, whether it's our relationships with ourselves, with our spouses, our life partners, you know, and I do a lot of uh, mother daughter relationships uh, with my clients as well. But one of the things that I'll say to my clients is that my husband is the love of my life. And I don't know if I'll be married to him in five years, which is a really helpful disclaimer. I like to have disclaimers, like I live an amazing life and there are shit storms everywhere, or um, I'm living my dream and sometimes I'm living somebody else's dream. So I always like to have these disclaimers. For me, it just helps me stay grounded, but I'm married to the love of my life and I don't know if we'll be married in five years. And that's to remind the person inside of me that is so committed to certainty, right? But that certainty and that need and that desperation for certainty is one of the obstacles that I would create for myself. And so then it would trigger me into like living in the swampland, pitching a tent, building a campfire and story fondling all the wrongs in my life and not seeing everything for what it really is. There's great things and there's cruddy things. I mean, we all have that. And he is the love of my life. And I would hope that I'll be with him for the rest of my life. And the other side is we just don't know. So I say this, that over time, it was the beliefs that I started to believe that helped create the results of my life. And one of the things that I'm here to talk about today is how the pool is a mirror. And the reason I use that is a couple of years ago, I was starting to realize that the swimming pool is a mirror for my athletes' beliefs about themselves and what they see, believe is possible in their career. So whether they're six, seven, eight, especially the teenagers, you know, 14 to 18, my college athletes, it is a belief about themselves and we get to see it firsthand. And here's the thing is that maybe most likely your arena isn't the pool, but we can use this as a metaphor for you to look at what is the arena that is the mirror about your beliefs. And I want to just take a quick time out because Carol Dweck, who's been a guest on the show, and there's a show, if you scroll back a few episodes that you can listen to, but she's talked about on the show and then also in her book, Mindset, how our thoughts can create the results in our life. And Stanford also has a class called How Beliefs Create Reality. So there's plenty of stuff out there that if you need research, you can go and take a look at. Now, this thing about the pool is that this is just one arena, right? This is an arena that I spend a lot of time in. You may or may not. I know many of you have kids who swim, but this is just an arena. We all have arenas. We have our work arenas, marriage, family, our community, parenting, which is for me a really challenging arena. If you're in competitions, you know, and so the pool is the one that I'm going to be talking about, but think about what is this arena? What is the pool metaphor for you in your life where you're showing up and your beliefs are creating the results? That arena is a mirror for what you believe about yourself, what you believe about is possible for you and what is not possible for you. Because as I've watched firsthand, along with my own personal experience as a former swimmer, the pool is simply a mirror for my swimmers' beliefs about themselves. If they believe that Susie Jones over here is a faster swimmer than them, 
typically what happens in a race is Susie Jones will beat them, right? If they believe that they're not good enough to make finals, guess what? They're probably not going to be good enough to make finals that night. If they believe that they're not good enough to advance to the next level of a meet, that's what's going to happen. And the cool thing that starts to happen is as we work on their beliefs about themselves and what it is that they believe and, you know, how do they see themselves and how do they talk to themselves? What starts to happen is there's this bit of a swagger and it's not an arrogant, cocky, but it's this confidence that happens. When a kid finally goes, they hit, they overcome that obstacle and they're trying to make whatever level meet that they're trying to go to. If it's an age group meet or national meet and all of a sudden and they make it, they're kind of nervous and they're small and shrunken. But then over time, they're like, I belong here. And there's a swagger that happens. And again, it's that belief about themselves, like, of course, this is what I do. Or, you know what? I'm a swimmer who makes finals. I advance to the next level. Or I'm a swimmer who gets things done. Or my relay team may be behind, but I'm going to catch them up and we will win. And that is the cool thing when you watch those athletes, because you can see what it is that they believe about themselves. And it may be that, hey, I belong here. Versus when they were afraid that they either didn't belong or that they weren't capable of achieving the result. So for you, how do you apply this in your life? Because the application, how do you implement it is so important. It's not just like surrounding yourself with this knowledge and, oh, this sounds great. And, oh, Corinne, I love when she says this. It's about how do you live it in your bones? So what I want you to do is I want you to grab a pen and a notebook. And here's my little disclaimer about the notebook. The reason I love the notebook is you can go back and see how much your mind has grown. Now, I know for some of my clients, especially when they first start working with me, they're afraid that somebody, a loved one's going to see it. They're afraid that um, it just maybe come across and that's too vulnerable for them. And so I've always said, I'm like, look, you can always write on a piece of paper and you can shred it. You know, you can get rid of it, that piece of paper, if you so choose. The other side is maybe you can be vulnerable. Maybe you can practice writing it down, but maybe in a notebook, but maybe You need the small step of being able to write on a piece of paper and destroying it. And then from there, you'll be able to eventually lead to a place where you can write it in a notebook and somebody sees it, they see it, and hopefully they'll respect the boundaries and not take a look at it. But you can build up to that. So first, meet yourself where you are. What is most comfortable for you? Because this is going to be your process of owning your story. And it's so important that you own it with yourself and sometimes we don't even want to own it with ourselves. And a lot of times, all those years of my life, I didn't realize I had a story that I'm a loser from loser street. I was trying to outrun, out hustle, you know, pretend that that's the furthest thing that I was. I didn't want to own my story. I didn't even know about that. So you're going to write this down, notebook, piece of paper, whatever fits for you right now with the idea eventually that it would be in a notebook so you can reflect on your own personal growth, on your own development. Next, I want you to set a timer for five minutes. That's it. Set a timer. Our phones are great. They have this timer. If you have a watch, you can set it on there. And then give yourself permission to let your brain loose. Just This is just a brain dump. You're just decluttering what's going on in your brain. And this helps you create this awareness of what's going on. And I want you to write. Just write. No filters just right. There is one constraint. These need to be one sentence bullet points. 
long time ago, I did uh, Julia Cameron's um, The Artist's Way, and you had to write for 30 minutes, and she and I bought the workbook to fill it up, and it was, and I don't have great handwriting anyways, my clients always know this, because I'm always like, wait, what did I just write? But um, I would just write, and I was on and on, and it was all these stories, and how I'd been wronged, and all of this horrible stuff, and what I've come to find is one-sentence bullets where you can read it will be so much more powerful because instead of getting lost in the story and the details, it's just you just write the one sentence. Like you all know, I have this little mini belief, I'm a loser from Loser Street, right? Which is way more powerful than if I had told you all these wrongs that had happened in my life or all the things that I think. So I want you to write one sentence bullet points or, and then from there, go back and reread it once the five minutes are up. And here, the only thing I want you to do is what did you notice about your beliefs? What did you notice about your beliefs about yourself? And do you see a correlation between what you believe and your results? And here's a very important boundary. You're not allowed to judge yourself. You're not allowed to hate yourself. You're not allowed to beat on yourself. This is just what's going on in your brain. And that's fantastic news because when you work on this, you can then work on deciphering and going, wait, do I want to attach these? Do I want this to run around my head uncontrolled, creating all this unnecessary pain and suffering? It's like when I believed I was a loser from Loser Street, how did I show up differently in my life versus when I believed this is something I can get done or I was capable of doing this or this was going to happen. Like I so believed, even though I was a loser from Loser Street, I was going to graduate and I was going to university. That was as good as done. Nobody could have said, Corinne, you're such a loser. There's no way it can happen. When I was 17, uh, my coach, who I just love dearly, I just saw him last week, my swim coach, uh, he had some his own limiting beliefs. And back in the day, and this is like 1989, 1990, and there was this belief in the swimming world that women peaked in high school and couldn't get faster in college, which is very different now that we see, you know, Kate Ledecky and all these older women who are swimming much longer careers. But he said to me one day, he said, Corinne, women just don't get faster in college. It's not possible. And I remember being really mad and I didn't have the voice then to tell him that I totally disagreed with him. But I remember saying, just you wait. And there was a bit of puffing up and that there was a bit of ignition that I went through. But there were those moments in my career in college where I was like, hmm, this is what he believes is possible. I don't believe that. And this is what I'm going to do. And so sometimes it ignited me, but I had to turn it around to a place where I had hope and I had excitement and I felt empowered. It wasn't just me gladiating against him because that's not sustainable. And I was able to swim much faster in college and create great results for myself. But it came back from, I couldn't attach to his belief of this is what happens with female athletes. That may be what he believed, but I knew that wasn't true whether it was for me or for other people. And now we have a whole bunch of evidence in the sport of swimming that women can get faster in their 20s. So this process is about you uncovering what it is that you believe and doing it without judgment, being this compassionate observer and letting it go there and just being fascinated with it. You don't need to go gladiating yourself. You don't need to get mad because somebody like, for instance, my coach had put that belief in, I could have just defaulted to it. Oh, well, this is what he said. So I guess it's over for me. I was like, huh, 
that's not going to be true for me. And I made that decision, just like I made the decision that even though I was going to be the first college graduate on both sides of my family, that that was going to happen. It was as good as done. So even though I had this limiting belief of I'm a loser from loser street, there were certain beliefs that I had. It didn't matter what the evidence was from my past or from my family of origin, I was going to get it done. And I want you to take a look at that. Look at when you're your most powerful and what arena, what is the belief system that's tied to that? Because I truly believed if I got educated, I would have a better life. I believed in that and I was going and it was going to happen and I was going to figure out a way. And I did. And I give you that for as you go through this process, because like I said earlier, the pool is a mirror of our belief system. What arena for you is your mirror and what belief are creating the results either that you want or don't want. And the fantastic news is if there are results you don't want, you can work on changing those beliefs. So recently, a client told me, I'm willing to take the risk to change because she really wanted to be self-confident in certain arenas like she was in her professional one. And she felt brave and courageous and also afraid because there was so much vulnerability wrapped up with making this decision to join the Enough group. So I ask you, do you want to live your life with more self-confidence, both personally and professionally, in whatever arena that you may be sabotaging, you may be getting uh, in your own way, creating obstacles that you can overcome? Are you ready to remove those obstacles and stop self-sabotaging your life because of shame and fear? What arena is the pool mirror of your life? Are you ready to write and live a new story about who you are and where you're going? So here's the thing. I've poured years of experience into my premium group coaching program to help you achieve all of this and so much more. It's called Enough, Your Daring Year. And if you're listening in August, 2018, I'm currently accepting applications for my upcoming September, 2018 group. Don't sell yourself out and say you aren't enough for the group. First, apply. It's absolutely no risk. Fill it out in 90 seconds and submit it. And then from there, I'm going to be reviewing the applications and setting up free 30-minute consultation calls with potential enough candidates. It'd be you and me on the phone together. Yippee skippy, that'd be so fantastic. To see all the details and apply, go to how she really does it forward slash enough. Again, that's how she really does it forward slash enough. I can't wait to receive your application. I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.